Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Violet LeMay, who is an illustrator and author. Violet, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Timmy. I'm so happy to be here. Of course. Thanks for coming on. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start mm-hmm. with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, um, as you mentioned, I'm an illustrator and an author. I write books for kids. So I spend a lot of time in my studio here doing that. Um, My husband and I are expats. We left the United States in 2015. So we actually live in Malaysia and we've we've lived all over and traveled all over, Um, which is something I like to do for fun, travel. Um, I read a lot. I'm a voracious reader and I do yoga, meditation, all that stuff. I love it. When did you start getting into yoga and meditation? You know, that happened about 2015-ish after we left the U.S. because I was having migraines and couldn't shake them and uh, found a yoga video to help migraine and it helped so much. And then I started, uh, yeah, making it a daily habit after that. I got you. I got you. And so what does your daily life look like as an illustrator and author? Is it like grinding 10 hours a day on drawings or is it pretty flexible? Tell us a bit about that. Well, it is, it is flexible in that I work, you know, alone with other people, but always remotely. Um, and I'm just doing my own thing. They, they handle other parts of the projects. But um, when I have a deadline, I try to work a normal eight-hour day like anybody else would. And when I'm in between projects, I also work an eight-hour day because I'm trying to get my next project <laughs> and just, uh, you know, like update my website and constantly posting things to social media and all the things that you do when you have a small business. So yeah, I try to um, keep a eight hour limit because when I don't, I have trouble sleeping. If I work into the night, I have trouble sleeping and all of that. So. And it's not worth that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. So I know you said that you kind of have a team and they work on other aspects of the illustrations. Mm. Do you, is it the same team every time, different teams for different projects? Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. It's, yeah, it's always different. Um, first of all, I have an agent. She's like my partner. Um, she's in New York City. And she pitches my ideas to book publishers. Um, and when a book gets sold, then whoever happens to be working at that publishing house, those are the people I work with, the editors and art directors and designers there. I and it's different, different for every project. Mm-hmm. And so are they all only your books or when you're doing illustrations for other books, is your agent also getting you those? Oh, she also gets me those. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, I'm rarely without a job. She's a terrific illustration representative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and the in-between jobs are a lot of, like when, I mean, in between my own books, I do contract work for children's magazines. And sometimes I illustrate books that other people have written also. Okay, there we go. I love it. Yeah. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Mm. 
Well, I really do love my job a lot. Um, it's not the only job I've ever had, but it's the job I wanted. It's the only job I ever really, really, really wanted. Yeah. And I love it. So my motivation is just always trying to get the next assignment, really. Um, I don't like to be idle. And so I'm always trying for the next thing. And, you know, what it's like is that every time you reach a level of success, there's always an, another level up. <laughs> and so I'm always just trying, you know, to improve my skills um, so that I can level up to the next thing. And I, I would say that's probably my main motivation. You know, I've got a, a grown son. He's just a few years younger than you. He's in law school. And so I have to... <laughs> just trying to get him through law school without student debt, if we can do it. So um, yeah, yeah, that's a motivator too, I'll tell you. But but the money thing is never really on the front of my mind. It's on the back of my mind. I think just the pleasure of my work is in the front of my mind. That's my biggest motivator. I love it. Hmm. Well, awesome. So you love your job a lot, kind of getting the next assignment and just your growth, really. Yeah, yeah, it is. I want to not leave anything behind at the end of my life. You know, I don't want to have missed anything that I might've been able to accomplish or, you know, I don't want to leave any art undone yeah. <laughs> or books unwritten. So yeah, I'm super motivated for sure. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, let's talk more about your dreams and goals. Now, what is your vision for your life and vision mm -hmm. for your small business that you're running? Mm -hmm. Well, my vision for my life is all wrapped up. It's like a mesh of family and work, you know? So because we are expatriates, our life is complicated because we pop around and live a few years here, a few years there. And my husband is nearing retirement age. And so our next thing is we're wondering where we're gonna settle when we retire because we've been away from the US for so long we are accustomed to like a certain price point for things. And we sort of feel like we can't even afford to go back to the United States, even just yeah. for healthcare. Healthcare alone is daunting. So um, anyway, we're thinking right now, we'll probably end up somewhere in South America. So we're learning Spanish and dreaming about that. And um, my husband's part-time job is just researching all of this and sorting it out. So he's super excited about that. And he's a very, very um, motivational guy. And so he gets everyone around him excited. Not that I wouldn't be excited about this anyway, yep. but I'm super excited because he's getting me super excited about it. So that's my life dream. But then my son is a part of that. He is studying in New Zealand. We lived in New Zealand for five years and he's in university there. So I would like to live near him at some point. And, so do you think um, he'll go to South America with you guys or do you think you'll go there like? Oh, no. <laughs> He'll, I don't know. He's, you know, he's focused on his own hopes and dreams. And I think whatever his jobs are for the first part of his life, that's going to be where he ends up. So one day, if he starts having kids wherever he is, I'll be there for sure. But um, And then professionally, you know, I'd really like to, there's all kinds of dreams I have professionally. I've never had a New York Times bestselling book. That's my main one. I sort of chant that in the back of my head in my every free moment of every day. And um, I don't know, there, there are a few authors that who are on my radar and I see they're not necessarily well-known people, but I just see their lives 
what they're like later in their lives and how their lives are so rich and full because of the body of work that they've accomplished and that they're still doing. You know, like um, I know one author who has a life of his local library is named after him because he contributed so much to children's book um, publishing and just not that I want a library named after me, but I think there's just so much potential to contribute to the world. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just want to, I just want to make a contribution to help children's lives better just to help kids feel loved and all that. So those are, those are my dreams. I love that. So when you're writing children's books or illustrating for children's books, do you stick around a similar topic, a similar lesson? Cause I know a lot of children's books kind of have a lesson or how do you kind of yeah. pick and choose your work? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, when it's contract work, you know that I haven't written. Yes. You got kind of got to just do the illustration. You, you kind of have to do it. But if I don't like the topic, just don't, don't, don't like it or just can't do it for whatever reason, I'll turn it down. And that's only ever happened a very few times, you know, but, um, and I'd like to think I could write across a broad range of topics, but <laughs> it seems to me that they always keep coming back to the same theme of love. Um, I love kids and I just want to contribute a lot of love to the world. I've tried writing funny books and adventurous books and other kinds of books, but the ones that get bought by publishers <laughs> are usually the ones I've written about love. So I don't know. So far, that's what it is. And I don't mind that. It's just an observation, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. What would you say is the number one, two, and three things to teach a kid about love? Oh, wow. Into adult? I know that was, that's a serious question and just totally kind of came off the dome. So yeah, you know, don't have an answer question. that makes sense as well. Yeah. Well, I think probably three things. I don't know the order. I'd have to really sort through this to put them in order, but um, I think Self-love is very important, just accepting yourself, feeling loved at, just as you are, no matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like, yep. um, who your parents are, what kind of house you live in, whatever like that. Um, I think self-love is, is really important, and that's one for sure. Um, and then loving other people, despite all of those various potential differences as well. Um, I would say that's important. And I don't know, the last one I'm sort of torn. I, I have, I love God and I meditate and pray. So I would think for me, that's important. I would like to share that. But no matter how you say it, I guess, you know, you love God, you love the creator, the universe, yep. the whole thing, <laughs> Yeah. whatever it is, those would be my top three. There we go. Love yourself, love other people, and love God. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly. the rest all, just all, yeah. all shakes out. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> That's pretty good. I love that. Well, cool. Cool. Any other dreams or goals you want to talk about? We have Settle Somewhere in South America, get a New York Times bestselling book, uh, grow up, or well, be there for your grandchildren when your son has them. Oh, yeah. That's a big dream. Um, I have sort of a new one that's come up. This is a little bit sad, but ever since the mass shooting in Uvalde, um, I've teamed up with one of the families there whose, whose daughter, who was a victim of the shooting, was an artist. And um, I started a website and a fund for them 
<laughs> and I don't know. I, I my dream is that that would take off nicely and and be a comfort to that family. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. That one's called Alithia's Art Angels. It's alithiasartangels.com. And uh, it's a it's right now an online gallery for children's art and any kid can send in their art. And I put it up on the website so they can see it there. And uh, yeah, we're making a fundraiser right now. By the time this airs, it will have ended, but um, can yeah, you the fundraiser. Can that for us? Alithia. Alithia. Yeah, A-L-I-T-H-I-A. A-L, gotcha. Yeah, so anyway, I just hope, I have a hope and dream for that and that mostly that it would, you know, just be a comfort to her family. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And one more time on the name of the website, Alithia's. Alithia's Art Angels. Her mom, her mom picked the name. I love it. Hmm. Awesome. Well, if there were one or two people you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards these dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you? Mm hmm. Well, yeah, I thought you sent me this question in advance and I've been thinking about it a lot. That's a really good, interesting question. Um, I think for me, I, it would be amazing to meet a really good editor um, who works at a publishing company somewhere. This is every person in publishing. This is the common dream that you would meet an editor who sees potential in your work and enough that they would want to, first of all, take a risk on you, but also to work with to work with you, to work with me, to make my work better, um, which which used to happen, I think, a lot more in publishing, and um, now just because of a huge variety of factors, the pace has sped up, and um, it's more difficult for editors, I think, to take time to help an author or illustrator refine their work and make it better. So anyway, that would be the one person I would want to meet for sure, the one kind of person. There we go. And what are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish your dreams and goals? So you meet Sally oh, yeah. at the grocery store and she's like, I want to help you. How can she? Do oh, that? I love you, Sally. First of all, um, <laughs> I would say for sure, just any type of support, uh, for example, buying my books, that's huge because if your books sell well, then you're more likely to get the next book contract. Um, but it even goes beyond that. It's like, uh, if someone bought my book and then left a review on Amazon, that would be even more helpful because that, that helps too. And even though I think this is kind of silly, having a social media following also helps you get book contracts. The reason I think it's silly is because I don't necessarily think having a bunch of followers on Twitter or Instagram translates directly into more sales of your books, but it it's a criteria that is noticed when you're, you know, when a potential publisher is looking at your project. And they want to, they're taking a risk, a financial risk to publish your book. They want to see how many people you're bringing along with you. And so, yeah, it would help for people to follow my, all that stuff. Um, it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's always at Violet LeMay because it's a weird name. So I'm easy to find. Absolutely. There we go. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And our first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Mm. Yes. Well, the book I will, I have tons of favorite books, but, but the favorite book I want to mention to you, Timmy, is called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. 
Um, Elizabeth Gilbert is famous for having written Eat, Pray, Love. And now she can write whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that book, Big Magic, is about the creative spirit and creativity and how to harness creativity um, to make your work flow. And yeah, it's a fantastic book. I recommend it highly. What's your favorite part about it? Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, her humor, her writing is just amazing. Um, but I think it also resonates with me because my experience with creativity really tracks with hers. And so, and she's so eloquent when I'm reading her words, I think, yes, that's exactly right, Elizabeth Gilbert. I wish I could have said it like that. Yeah. <laughs> and she has so many funny, funny and wonderful examples of all of her points. It's just, I love it. It's a great book. There we go. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Oh, yes. Well, let's see. I mentioned the yoga and uh, I, that's exercise for me, just like a little bit exercise. It's mostly self-care. Um, I'm getting a little bit older. I notice that when I, if I skip a few days, I get headaches. I just feel achy. And that's definitely my top way that I take care of myself physically. And then prayer, um, always praying. When I don't pray, it's the same thing, but uh, but spiritually, you know, you get achy and <laughs> get oh, yeah. spiritual headache. So yeah, the, those two things. There we go, exercise and prayer. It really is um, wild how those small things, like, you know, it doesn't take a really long time to exercise. Like you can do it in 15 minutes a day. Some people like to spend an hour. Some people like to spend more, mm -hmm. but you can get it done in 15 minutes if it's a really tight day. Yeah. And prayer, you can get done in five minutes, but that 20 minutes will make your day so much better. Uh, I know. Like, I know. And then, and then we neglect to do it. <laughs> it's so easy to neglect it. Yeah. I know it's, it's the silly, silly trap, but um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's, you're right though. You could do it in 20 minutes. So just make it the first 20 minutes and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Just exactly. Well, yeah, I'm off to the rest of your day. And sleeping too, right? Like if oh, you yeah. sleep right, you hydrate well, you exercise, you pray and you eat right. You're going to feel so good. <laughs> like yes. it's going to be really hard to put you in a bad mood unless something like really crazy happens. Whereas like when, so true. when you're thirsty and tired, you know, somebody can swerve in front of you and you just blow up. Mm -hmm. So anyway, mm -hmm. just interesting stuff. Yeah, I agree. Well, awesome. Mm -hmm. What is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet a really good editor who works at a publishing company? Oh, to meet the editor. Oh, geez, that's a tough one, especially because I live so far away. But yeah, if I was going to meet an editor, I guess I could. Okay, well, I could go to an event, you know, like I could go to a trade show or something in the US, but I could also attend a Zoom event and I do do those things. Um, in fact, your question just answered a question that I've been asking myself the last few days because I, I pay just not much a month, but I pay to participate on a website called Inked Voices, which is kind of a social site for writers where you get, if you like, you can be um, put in a critique group and you can also see they list various classes and, and stuff like that. And uh, I was debating whether or not I should carry on with Inked Voices, but I think I will because I have attended some really, really wonderful um, Zoom classes there where I've met some really amazing editors. Mm. So yeah, that's something I could and will do. Thank you. There we me. go. Of course. Yeah. Have you ever hosted 
one of those? Oh man, no, but I'm about to. Oh, I'm I'm about to be a oh I forget what you call it, but basically a host of two different ones. One is called well, there's a great big organization for children's book writers and illustrators called the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, scbwi.org. Anybody who's interested in writing children's books should run to that website and sign up because they have bunches of free information. That's how I got started. And many, many, many people say the same thing. Um, there are groups that meet locally. If, you, if you're that kind of person, if you don't want to go meet in a group, you never have to do it. There's tons of stuff online. You can pay to participate as well, um, but you don't have to. There's lots of free stuff. Anyway, I am a member of, a, of the Midwestern region because I'm from Missouri. And since I go back to visit my family, I'm just, I'm a, a member of the Kansas City, Missouri, SCBWI. And I'm doing a My Studio Shop Talk, I think, like in a couple of weeks, where it's just an hour long thing, question and answers, kind of like this. But then in November, the SCBWI is doing a much bigger event. It's an all day thing, and I'm a panelist. And it's going to be interesting because I'll be in Malaysia and our, we are exactly 12 hours behind the East Coast. So I'll be 13, no, 12 hours ahead. I'll be 13 hours ahead of the Midwest. So it starts at eight o'clock in my nighttime and goes all the way through. <laughs> so I'll stay up all night to do oh it. It's going to be gosh. an all-nighter for me. I know. And you were just talking about sleep and it's so true. Uh, and the yeah. older I get, the worse it is for me. <laughs> but I just thought, ah, this is kind of something I've always wanted to do. It's a great opportunity. I'll just pretend I'm 20 and blast through it. Wait, so what time is it? It'll be fine. Are you 7 a.m. right now? Yes, 7.20 a.m. <laughs> I know. I know. And I was on the fence about it for a couple of days. But then I just decided to do it. And also, there's still a chance. Maybe I'll go home. Maybe I'll go visit my dad or something in November, and then I won't have to stay up all night. But anyway, I am a panelist there. So that'll be it'll be cool. There we go. <laughs> Love it. Well, now we're going to jump into our final series of questions. All right. And all of these questions require a bit of pretext. Um, I also didn't send them to you beforehand. So if you don't have an okay. answer, you like... That's okay. Just be like, I don't know. Let's move on. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having mm -hmm. a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that helps them make that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? disagree, have anything to add or subtract? Oh, I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It happened for me the bad way. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> years and years best. and years ago. Yeah, but uh, I don't know how much I have to add, except that I just agree. And I've seen it happen in my own life and just, you know, around me in the lives of people around me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just a that's just a fact of life, but it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about how easy it is just to do the most important things that only take 20 minutes and make your life so much better. Having a growth mindset is the same. It, it just, goodness, it changes your, it's like you could be walking around under a cloud throughout your whole life mm. with lightning and rain and misery, or... <laughs> 
<laughs> you can push the clouds away and be in the sunshine surrounded by flowers, just filled with hope. Yeah. Always, you know, being a, a perpetual learner and always growing, which doesn't give you much time to sit around and sulk because you're always just trying to improve yourself and Absolutely. always looking ahead and looking up and um, just such a better choice. It is. But a hard choice to make for some reason. <laughs> We're about to ask you a little bit about why it's a hard choice to make, actually. <laughs> so, given the same amount of extreme inspiration and extreme desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't? Oh, man. Well, since, since it happened for me the bad way, where I had, things had to get just, you know so bad that I couldn't take it anymore that I had to change. Um, I would say that, that I understand. I, I understand that sometimes you just need to be broken so that you can be put back together the right way or something. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's a kind of person or if that's a universal thing. That's just how it was for me. Um, I don't know. I think some people are more stubborn. Pride is a big part of it. You know, I think well, pride is like the root of all bad stuff, right? So some people just have more pride than they can get in front of yeah. because you pride can't really have yeah and you can't you can't really have a growth mindset if you've got a lot of pride because you i don't know you have to admit that you don't know everything mm -hmm. that you have a lot to learn always and that there are always people better than you and, and you can always do more with your life than what you're doing. But you know what? I almost wish I hadn't said that because I think it's also important to accept where you're at and be happy with where you're at. And I guess, you know, it's good to look ahead and look for better things, but it's also important to be, to just be happy in your life. Yeah. I think a good, a good distinguisher here for me, I read the power of now by Eckhart Tolle hmm. and he talks about two things. He talks about your life and your life situation. And he says, mm -hmm. we all have our life and that's the power of now. Like you need to be present with your life force. It's basically kind of what he was talking about. And when you get present mm -hmm. with your life force and you just realize that you have everything you need right now, you start to feel that contentment. Mm -hmm. However, there's also your life situation and you could be content with the fact that you have so much life force that you are alive and you can be grateful for that and dissatisfied with your life situation at the same time. And mm -hmm. so then you take that contentment and yes, you make goals to change your life situation, but your circumstances aren't dictating whether or not you feel good about your life. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a good way to distinguish that. It's like, yes, be content, but also it's okay to look forward. And I think that's how I that's very, very well mind. said. Very well said. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to Eckhart and that book. All right. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change and others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that breaking point and can it be influenced? Oh, man. Wow. Well, the what, that's a tough one to answer because I think that might be different for every person. Uh, and can it be influenced? For sure, I think. 
and I think the motivator is might be different for every person. But ultimately, you know, even though we're all different, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, I think people want to be happy, you know, content, like you were saying. And I think I would like to think anyway that a person can only remain unhappy for so long before you just have to make a change. I mean, if you're in a situation that's bad, and I know some people struggle with that, but I think the quest for happiness is the quest for contentment, I guess, is a motivator motivator for people, whatever that looks like in your life. I feel that. I feel that. Mm. I also think it's interesting. Do you know who Russell Brunson is? No, I got to write this down, Timmy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like he's like a marketing kind of guru guy okay. he owns, owns click funnels mm. he's really good at internet marketing basically okay and he was talking about the hero's journey uh this is and, a writing thing keep going yes so i think you'll understand the hero's journey i'm not going to um describe the hero's journey very well actually you could probably describe it much better but something i think is interesting about the hero's journey is um when it comes into like notion of self, mm. like I feel like um, there comes a point where the hero is like their notion of themselves kind of change or them and how they relate to the world or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, where they stop fighting and start accepting. Maybe not in all stories, but I feel like I see it in a decent chunk of stories. Definitely my mm-hmm. own. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And I think notion of self plays a big part with kind of um establishing this breaking point because i think if you believe that life can't change for you or you believe that life has Mm. to suck or that you have to keep that cloud you're going to need a larger more consistent amount of desperation or inspiration to kind of help you see outside of that cloud but if you that's true already kind of have that pre um you have that precedence of like i believe things can be different you might need that smaller amount so yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I love your reference to the hero's journey, by the way. That it's just, uh, there's even more to that, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I went to go study the hero's journey because like he briefly mentioned it. And I was like, oh, he, he kind of walked through it very basically. And mm-hmm. I don't even think he mentioned notion of self in there. I just kind of put it in there because when I see the hero's journey, I kind of see the hero as how they see themselves as a part of it. Um, but yeah, it's something I want to study more for sure because I think it's so cool. And it is in yeah. every movie that I love. <laughs> so. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the hero has to realize he's doing something wrong. Exactly. And, and he changes. The character has to change from the beginning to the end. And I mean, that's like each one of us in our own lives, right? We're all yeah. changing and growing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's one of the reasons I love watching anime. And it's one of the reasons I like a specific type of anime. And it has to be like shonen, where it's like, the heroes are the protagonist or whatever is becoming somebody who's has a really big goal. Mm. And so I just, I love that because there are moments where they get humbled. Basically they, they were really prideful. They're really strong and they get humbled by the antagonist in the show. And they go into this deep work period where it's uh-huh. like two, three, four, five years of like intense grinding on themselves, getting to know themselves, getting to know their weaknesses and overcoming them and they come back and they're absolutely amazing so oh yes awesome stories awesome stories for sure Mm. well awesome we got one last question for you okay so before i ask this question i want you to keep in mind 
the avatar of a person who has a fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help and they're not willing to accept change. So in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the avatar I just told you about, how can we, you and I, create an environment that makes it more obvious, more attractive, more easy, and more satisfying for that avatar to make the choice that will change their life? Oh, wow. Boy, that's a tough one. I feel like, I don't know about you, Timmy, but I feel like I I'm asking myself that question a lot in my life, just yeah. for the people around me and just trying out different strategies yeah. <laughs> and techniques. Um, I think patience is important there. Uh, very, very important. And maybe the most important thing of all is persistence. Yeah. Uh, persistent patience, because it's difficult for for people to change and they're only going to change if they want to change. And I, I don't know, in my experience, at least with the people in my life, I feel like there's only so much that I can do to help a person change. Um, but yeah, making it more appealing and all of that enticing. I think taking a gentle approach, um, being patient with the person and with yourself because you're going to try so many times and it's and fail and uh, just to, to keep uh, thinking and being open and learning so that you can get better at it, better at being um, the opposite of that avatar. So you can help that person come toward the light. Um, and I don't know. I pray a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a Bible verse I think about all the time and I can't remember where it's from in the Bible. Uh, it's Old Testament, and it's something like, you hold the king's heart in your hand. Mm. And when, whenever I'm dealing with a person who I think is immovable, and I've tried everything, and I just am stuck, I just go throughout my day thinking, okay, God, you, you hold this person's heart in your hand. I don't, but you do. And I have to say that when I pray about this or anything, I I see more results <laughs> so i don't know that's that's tough you know and a lot of people are dealing with things that we won't understand either i, I feel like i feel like we're simpatico on this optimistic people the sunny sky people I, I feel like well i have some people in my life who deal with clinical depression and or have just had catastrophically awful things happen in their lives that i can't imagine because i I haven't been in that situation. I've, I've never been on medication for depression or anything like that. But I think people who are, are in just such a different world. Yep. And because our worlds are so different, it might be more difficult for us even to understand how we can help. So I don't know, but reading up on that stuff, if you're dealing with someone in a situation like that, there's tons of help for people who are in those relationships with those people to help them. So I would recommend research also because help exists for people, the sunny people to help the, the cloudy people. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Awesome. Violet, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Timmy. This has been an absolute pleasure. Of course. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, I just want to say I really enjoy your podcast. I'm so impressed with you. 
I think you are so just like, I heard you say your age once on your podcast and I almost fell out of my chair. I thought, no way, but this guy is this young. Um, you're very, very wise for your years and you're already helping so many people. And I, I don't know, it's impressive. Um, your parents must be very proud of you. I would say. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate mm. that. Mm. Well, well, awesome. Violet, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Of course, if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Violet had to say, make sure to go check out some of her books, leave them reviews if you like them. And yeah, just hit her up on social media, follow her on social media. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. As we always ask, go ahead and shoot this podcast over to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.